Welcome to today's episode of Grief Haven. I'm your host, Julie Dirks, and today we're going to be talking about children's grief. My boys were seven months old and two and a half years old when their dad died. It's now been six years, and they had some grief come up recently with their dad's death date just passing. So I thought this would be a good time to share my journey and my boy's journey on how they've grieved and what I've learned about children's grief and how I've learned to help them through exploring their grief. Now, with them being so young when their dad died, it was extremely difficult to know how to tell my oldest. My youngest was only a baby, so he wasn't going to understand, but my oldest definitely knew that daddy was missing. And I don't exactly remember the conversation I had with him. It's like I almost blanked it out of my memory because it's just, it's awful. It's unthinkable to have to tell your child, especially when he's just a toddler, that his dad won't be coming back. And that it's heartbreaking. And even thinking back to the day that Jason had died, it was really difficult to know how to navigate what was going on that day. Our house became filled with people, which was great to be surrounded by people. But I remember asking my dad to take my oldest just outside and try and keep him busy because it would have been really confusing for him to understand why our house was suddenly filled with people who were sad and crying. And I wasn't quite ready to tell him yet because I was still trying to process and work through the shock of Jason dying. So that I think was really helpful for me having him kind of be busy and really not know what was going on just so I could just wrap my head around exactly what was happening. So I could have a better conversation with him when I did sit down. I don't remember exactly when I sat down with him, how long it was after Jason had died. I knew going in that I wanted to be factual with him and straight with him because I think he deserved that. I didn't want to beat around the bush. I did it in an age-appropriate way for him. And I know I said something along the lines of that daddy was in an accident and got really hurt where the doctors couldn't even fix him and that he was now in heaven and we wouldn't be seeing him anymore. And I don't think he quite understood all that. It was just kind of a stepping point for us to work off of that because he would continuously ask where daddy was. So every time he did that, I gave him a little bit more information that he got to process. And I mean, it seemed to be always at bedtime when he'd ask all his questions, which was hard because at the end of the day, I myself was exhausted and was really the last thing I wanted to do was to have to talk about the grief and answer all his tough little questions because kids really do ask hard questions but I understood why he was asking them he was trying to piece it all together so even though it wasn't always easy to do just and I just really wanted to go to bed myself I always made sure that I gave him what he needed in that moment and in the beginning he did know 
that his dad was in a car accident and he knew that his dad got really, really hurt in that car accident and that he couldn't be fixed. And over time, he got to learn a little bit more details about his dad's accident. And it's, it is quite interesting how out of the blue sometimes their questions can be where they might not have asked a question concerning their dad's accident or what happened to daddy after his accident for a while. And all of a sudden, just out of the blue, it pops out of them. Hey, mommy, did daddy go to the hospital? And what happened to him at the hospital? And, you know, all these just questions just will pop out and they really catch you off guard. But one thing that his questions really actually did for me was helped me process as well because we talked about it together and a lot of times I wanted to kind of deny and not think about those things. So he forced me to have to think about and talk about those things. So he really helped me out a lot in the beginning in terms of processing because the last thing that I wanted to think about was Jason's accident and it was going on in my head enough and I was trying to shut that out but he was forcing me to talk about it and and I think that really did help me work through the trauma of his accident and then there was all these at least statements I was hearing from people and I do truly understand people do just want to make you feel better I think that's just a normal human response is when someone is in pain to want to fix them and give them some sort of at least because I think that's going to make them feel better I can tell you that it doesn't and you don't have to fix it and the at least statements made me very angry because you know they were people said at least they're young and they won't remember this and it won't affect them as much and they won't know what they're missing out on and that made me so angry because I couldn't believe they thought that was okay and I was having a hard time dealing with the fact that they wouldn't know their dad they wouldn't have their own memories of their dad you know they were just too young and at one point I knew and this was really hard to think about that even though that for a while my oldest had his own memories of his dad and remembered his dad I knew eventually that would very much fade away because he was only two and a half and now at eight years old I know that they have very much faded away. I mean, when he looks at pictures or if he sees a video, I think that will trigger some memories for him, but he doesn't have the deep core rooted memories that are easy for him to access. He just doesn't remember. And, and that's really sad, I think, for them, which is why they each have pictures of their dad in their room. And we have a photo album that they can turn to if they want to look through pictures of their dad. And my wonderful aunt made quilts for them out of their dad's clothing that they have on their bed. They have pieces of their dad around them, which helps them connect and learn about their dad, which I think is a really important piece for children who lose someone they love at a really young age. And another thing that was a bit of a struggle for me was the decision whether or not to take them to the visitations. I knew I wanted to take them to the funeral. That was an easy decision, but there is some pressure on whether or not I should take them to the visitations. I know the funeral director had encouraged me to bring them to see their their dad thinking that would help with closure for them but it didn't feel right to me if I stopped and listened to my intuition it was telling me that no that wasn't going to help my oldest with anything because I didn't want him and I don't think Jason would have wanted him to have the last visual of him that way to see him that way and I don't 
think it would have helped my oldest at all. So I chose not to take them to the visitations or let or let him see his dad that way. And I don't regret that decision. I, I listened to myself and I was very much at peace with that decision that I made for him. I know everyone is different with what they decide. And I think all that matters is that you do stop and pause and listen to your intuition. No answer is right except for what you feel is right. That is the right answer. And I think taking them to the funeral, I knew that they wouldn't know what was going on. I knew they wouldn't remember. It was the first funeral that they've ever been to, which again is just so messed up. But the important part for me was that one day when they asked if they went to their dad's funeral, I could say, yes, you did go to your dad's funeral. And I knew that would bring them peace knowing that they got to go. I think it's also important for them to attend funerals growing up and learn about funerals at a young age because they will attend many funerals in their lifetime. So why not start teaching them and letting them go to loved ones funerals? But again, you do have to make that right choice for you and your family. The first couple months was really hard for my son, just not understanding completely where his dad was not being able to put all those pieces together. I mean, his dad was the first person he's ever lost. He didn't even lose a pet. No experience with death until he lost his dad. And we didn't talk about death with him. There was no need to, right? We didn't feel a need to start talking to him about death at two and a half years old. And his third birthday was about two months after Jason dying. And I wanted to give him an amazing birthday. I spent hours making this crazy tractor cake and I wanted to fill our house with family and friends and looking back on that I see I was trying to fill the void for him of his dad not being present and that maybe if I filled the house with family and friends he wouldn't notice that absence but I was very much wrong I mean I all day long I ignored his signs of not wanting to celebrate looking back on some of the pictures and the smile that he's forcing from himself breaks my heart and actually he ended up crying after everyone sang him happy birthday and I had to take him to his room and just console him I remember just sitting in a chair that we have in his room and just hugging him and letting him cry and it was so heartbreaking and I felt foolish for for putting all that on him but again gave myself grace because I also didn't know how to navigate this to navigate it for him But it was a big learning lesson for me and to know that I couldn't fill his dad's void. Of course not. But I also think I was doing filling the void for myself. So it was a good learning lesson for me and kind of starting to really understand how he grieved. And at that point, he still didn't fully understand where his dad was. But a turning point for him in understanding, and this is something that I now tell people to help try and explain death to kids is we were going for a walk that spring so it had been probably five four five months since jason had died and there was this dead bird on the road and he said mommy what's wrong with that bird and i said oh honey that bird is dead he must have got hit by a car and it was crazy that moment it's like you could see the light bulb go off it totally clicked for him and he says to me you mean just like daddy? And I said, yes, the, the, the bird had died just like daddy. And he all of a sudden just got it. He understood. And then we got into talking about 
more things that died. And it was actually a really beautiful conversation because I think for him, all he had known is that daddy died. He didn't know other things died. But this told him that other living things also die. And it's not just his dad that, that dies. And so I really encourage, even if you haven't had a significant loss within your family and you have children, is to start teaching them with nature about death. Everything dies. Plants die. Animals die. And you can simply use flowers in your garden dying as a way of starting the conversation about death because it is so helpful for when they do go through a loss to already have that foundation about death built for them and it's just simply just when you're going for a walk with them like start talking about it so that they can start to kind of see that for themselves and get that concept already before they do have a loss whether it be a family pet or a grandparent or anyone else that they might lose so that was kind of my oldest son's journey on learning about death and and for my youngest it was very much very different because he was so young and he didn't have you know an understanding or he just kind of started growing up and it was just almost normal for him to not have that around but when he did start to learn how to talk and have conversations with me. I think it was when he was about two, he was walking because I remember he had found his dad's slippers and he was walking up and down hallway and I had slipped into the shower quickly. And I remember hearing him say, I want to see daddy. He had stopped outside the bathroom door and just said, mommy, I want to see daddy. When can I see daddy? I want to see daddy right now. And just kept repeating that over and over again. And so I was saying to him, buddy, remember, can't see daddy. Daddy's in heaven. And he didn't want to accept that answer. He did not like that answer. He wanted to see daddy and he wanted to see daddy now. And he started getting more and more upset every time he was saying, I want to see daddy. And I remember Logan running to go find a picture of Jason and he'd bring it to Bryson and say, look, Bryson, here's daddy. Daddy's right here. And nope, that did not satisfy him either. He wanted to actually see daddy. I quickly was getting out of the shower, getting myself dressed because he is now bawling and throwing a bit of a tantrum about this. And I was trying to rack my brain thinking, what can I do to help him right now? And it was so hard and it was very intense, which I've learned that that's how he, he grieves. He's very intense with his grief. And then all of a sudden I got this idea to go on my computer, pull up some videos that we have of Jason. I got both of them on my lap and we just sat there for a long time and we watched video after video after video of Jason. And it calmed him right down. He was satisfied with that. And I thought, okay, dodge that for now. Knowing that he's probably going to want to see daddy again at some point, like, cause now he's old enough to start processing that dad isn't here and why isn't dad here? So his was like a delayed grief because he was too young to actually try and process a grief at the time that Jason died. So his grief didn't really hit until he was about two, two and a half. And something else I really wanted them to learn, and this is going to resonate with everybody differently. This is what resonates with us. This is what feels right for me to teach my boys and take this 
if it feels right for you. But how I tell them that, you know, daddy is still around. He still sees you. You can still talk to him. He's going to listen to what you have to say. You can share things with daddy. Um, He still is very much here with us. And how I visually show that to him is I would put up a blanket in front of me and say, you know, I'm still here and I can still hear you. That's just like daddy. There's this visualize a blanket in front of daddy. We can't see him. But he he can very much still be around us and hear us. And that brought them great comfort, knowing that their daddy's right here with them. And when they were having a really hard time with not having their dad to experience something with them, and I know it was hard for them to see friends with their dad, I would say, just remember, daddy is right here. Your daddy can go anywhere with you. And he's always watching and listening to what you have to say. And I think that still to this day brings some great comfort. And it's just those little things that help them help them through those moments. My boys very much grieve differently. My oldest, he soaks it all in. He asks lots of questions, but he doesn't express how he feels or he won't say that he misses dad. He doesn't vocalize those things. He doesn't cry when, when he's sad. He very much holds it all in, which leads to a little bit more behavioral issues when he is feeling the grief nothing super significant just he he actually can kind of resort back to a toddler behavior for a while which makes sense to me because he was a toddler when his dad died and that's just kind of what he resorts back to when he's going through a griefy time and through many years of going through this with him i've just learned different coping strategies that work for him is the same as adults we have to find what works for us and i had to help him find what works for him he loves music he loves drawing and so something that really helps him is going to his room putting on some music and either coloring or making a picture and i just let him be in there by himself to take some time to just calm himself and be with himself And when he comes out, he's feeling much calmer. We do breathing techniques. We do the box breathing together. But that doesn't always calm him down in the moment. He doesn't want to sit down and breathe properly. But he is very willing to go and put on some music and do some drawing most of the time. And he he is starting to see how that makes him feel better. He is having that awareness for himself that, okay, yes, I do need this right now. And he knows it's going to make him feel better. So it's just tapping into what works for your kid, trying different things. It took us a while to figure this out for him. So be patient with them. It's not easy because especially when you're dealing with grief and you're kind of tapped out with what you have left in the tank and then your kid needs you, but you've got really nothing left to give them. That is probably one of the hardest things about helping them is when you are tapped out, yet they still need so much for you. That's something I've really struggled with in terms of my kid's grief. And then my youngest also asks lots of questions, but he very much vocalizes and expresses how he feels. He'll tell me that he misses daddy. He'll cry when he's missing daddy. He'll say, I'm really feeling sad. He's good at connecting in with his emotions. It can be very intense while he's feeling grief, but I know when he's let it all out and expressed it, that he's good. It it doesn't like linger and come out. So he's very good at that, but it's intense for him while he's going through it. It just goes to show you that kids can grieve all sorts of different ways, just like adults. 
there's no guidebook on what's right or wrong for kids in terms of how they grieve. You just have to learn how they grieve as they grow and kind of help them through it as best you can, trying to learn and be open to what helps them. And always just telling them the truth, keeping it age appropriate, but being truthful with them. I think kids really need that and respect that. And it helps them so much more when we can just tell them the truth about what's happening and giving them details age appropriately. But that significantly really, I think, helps them with their grief. So just another thing that I've noticed with my oldest is any time that he goes through change, whether it's good change or bad change, when he has change in his life, it very much brings up grief for him. And I quite haven't figured out why other than if I look at my own grief, my own journey, actually change is also hard for me, good or bad. And I think because of the unknowingness change can bring in. And when you've lost someone, you feel very secure in the knowing what's going to happen. And having that structure makes you feel safe. But when we change that, things become that kind of fight or flight mode kicks in for our bodies. We fear what might possibly change that could bring in pain. So I think that's what does it for me. And it probably is what does it for him too, in terms of change and why that will make grief heightened for him. Kids are known as lost grievers because we think they're so resilient and yes, they may feel emotions, but they'll be fine. So kids do get kind of lost within the grief. But from my experience, yes, my kids are very happy. And you know, I think having a good life and will be fine, but we'll always have to deal with their grief. It's not something that's ever going to go away from them, just like it's never going to go away from me. I don't understand why we expect it to be different for kids when when adults have such a hard time with grief. But one book that actually really helped my sons, it's called The Invisible String. And it talks about how we're all connected through a string. It talks about how our hearts are connected through an invisible string. And my oldest did develop a lot of anxiety about leaving me because, well, this is what I believe is he knew that it was very possible to lose a parent. He already lost one. So what's to say that he wasn't going to lose me too, right? And I know that's still a big fear of his. So this invisible string book, because he had a, he had a really hard time leaving me and going to school in kindergarten. And so this book really helped us out with that saying, you know, even though you're at school, I'm at home, we're still connected through this invisible string. Our hearts are always connected that way. And that was a good book to open up things for him in terms of being able to leave my side and know that I was going to come back and that if he was ever missing me, he could think about that invisible string connecting us. Now, like I said, I really do encourage you to talk about death with your children. Statistically, 1 in 12 children will experience the death of a parent or a sibling by the age 18. You may think it's not going to happen to you guys. I definitely thought that, never thought this would happen to us. And it did. My kids were still so young. It's not like there's a lot of opportunity for us to start talking about death with them. But now I definitely encourage all families to have that discussion with your kids and use nature to help guide you through opening the death talk with them. So that's what I have for you today. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please share it and help spread these important grief topics. You can follow me on Instagram at juliederks underscore grief coach. That's J-U-L-I-E-D-E-R-K-S underscore grief coach. I appreciate you and sending my love.